You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Hello and welcome to the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Joe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Or if you're new here, welcome for the very first time. Before we dive into today's episode, wanted to remind everyone to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you do your listening. If you're not already following us on social media, we're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. And if you want to reach out to us with suggestions for future episodes, questions, queries, you can send an email to professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. With that, Emma, hello. Today is that magical day where we are talking about the August releases that we are most looking forward to. How are you today? Good. How are you? You know, it's the end of the week when we're recording. I'm, I'm good. I'm excited to talk about August books. There's once again, a ton of them. A ton of them. There are so many good books coming out this month. Do you want to kick us off? Happy to. So I will start with one of my tried and true authors, Alice Feeney. So she is one of my must buy, must read authors for me. Her books are always a delight and always sure to surprise the reader. So her next book is called Good Bad Girl. And this comes out on August 29th. Three suspects, two murders, one victim. I always love a good little cheeky tagline on the cover. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. So good people have to do bad things. All Again, all of these things speak to me. So this story is told from multiple perspectives. We have Edith, an 80-year-old who lives in a care home. We have Patience, who works there and cares for Edith. We have Edith's daughter, Cleo, who is estranged from her mom. There's some tension there. There's some stress. Was Edith tricked into signing over her things and going to the care home? And in that same care home, someone is murdered. So we've got a lot going on already. Not to mention, 20 years previously, a baby is stolen from their stroller, and the mother knows exactly who did it and why. How are these crimes related? How are these women connected? Why do we care about any of this? Find out by reading Good Bad Girl by Alice Feeney. So here she really does create a really interesting interconnected web between past and present, between all of these different women, the relationships between mothers and daughters, and again, how all of these crimes seemingly fit together. So Alice Feeney's latest Good Bad Girl, August 29th. I am with you. Spot on. Alice Feeney is the one that when you're ready for a good new thriller, mm, love it. It also made me think of what was that Netflix series? I Care A Lot. Is that the one where they were like tricking people into? Oh, yes. With uh, Rosamund. Uh-huh. Yes. Ike? 
I think so. The blonde. The blur. <laughs> yes. From Gone Girl. A blonde in Hollywood? From from Gone Girl. Yes. And yeah, for those that may not know, Alice Beanie is British. So hence the term care home. Uh, here we may call it senior living or uh, anything like that. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of creative terms for exactly. housing for the elderly. Exactly. Joe, what's your first pick of August? Well, my first pick is a beautiful cover. Uh, it's got a peacock chair with some florals. This is Family Lore by Elizabeth Acevedo, out August 1st. Of course, it is a most anticipated book of 2023 from a variety of places. So this is from the best-selling National Book Award-winning author Elizabeth Acevedo. It's her first novel for adults, the story of one Dominican-American family told through the voices of its women as they wait a gathering that will forever change their lives. Floor has a gift. She can predict to the day when someone will die. So when she decides she wants a living wake, a party to bring her family and community together to celebrate the long life she's led, her sisters are surprised. Has Floor seen her own death or someone else's? Does she have other motives? She refuses to tell her sisters, Matilde, Pastora, or Camilla. But Floor isn't the only person with secrets. Her sisters are hiding things too. And the next generation, cousins Ona and Yadi, face tumult of their own. Spanning the three days prior to the wake, family lore traces the lives of each of the Martra women weaving together past and present. Santo Domingo and New York City, told with Elizabeth Acevedo's imitable and incandescent voice, this is an indelible portrait of sisters and cousins, aunts and nieces. It's one family's journey through their history, helping them better navigate all that is to come. So that is Family Lore by Elizabeth Acevedo. That looks great. And I know a lot of Overdrive staff are really big fans of her work. So I know this is highly anticipated for some of them as well. Highly anticipated. And we love an intergenerational story. We love everyone coming together, a little bit of family drama and uh, a slight perhaps, oh, I don't know why I picked this magical realism twist to it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Speaking of family drama, Imagine you're leading a bike trip from New York City to Niagara Falls. And then at the last minute, you see two faces in the crowd. Your mom, who gave you a lifetime of issues, and Sebastian, your hot one-night stand from two years ago that you've never really forgotten. If you're intrigued, then Jennifer Weiner's next book, The Breakaway, talks about exactly that. So this comes out on August 29th. We love her so much on the pod. This book just looks perfect. So as I said, the breakaway follows um, the main character, Abby, who finds herself in this exact predicament. And if you follow Jennifer Weiner at all, you know that some of this is pulled from her real life. She is an avid cycler, bicycler. I'm not using the correct terms. She does these long distance bike rides. So something like from New York City to Niagara Falls is doable in that realm. And so the main character of this book, Abby, has this really great offer to lead this big bike ride, bike trip from, again, across the state of New York. And yes, her mother is there and Sebastian, this hot one night stand. She's like, well, I'm just going to do it. This is a great opportunity. We'll get through this two week bike ride. I have a lot to think about. I have a lot to grapple with. One of which is the big question, is her fiance right for her? 
So yeah, we're going, she's going through a lot here. How does she feel about her mom? Her mom gave her a lifetime of self-image issues, self-worth issues by sending her daughter to diet camp, fat camp every single summer, which is actually where she met her fiance. And then Sebastian, how does she feel about this one night stand? She obviously never forgot about him, but he's gone famous or TikTok famous viral for being somewhat of like a Lothario. He's sort of slept his way around New York City. And all of these things are happening in the setting of this big bike ride with a bunch of different strangers. So strangers become friends. Secrets are revealed as they happen to be when you're in a group of people and a whole lot of what Abby believed and thought is challenged. So this is the breakaway by Jennifer Weiner. This is out August 29th. Sounds juicy. <laughs> you it said, does. imagine yourself in this. I could never imagine myself doing a bike. No. Ride that long. <laughs> exactly. What an interesting premise. I love that. She obviously took the biking I don't know what the proper term is. Cycling. Cycling from her own life and set her main character in what I think is a pretty unique setup. I know that this is very popular, but I don't know anyone that has actually done this sort of like long scale cycling. So if you do, let us know. Well, to follow those spooky vibes, the idea of biking that long. No, I kid. My next pick is I Feed Her to the Beast and the Beast is Me by Jameson Shea. If you are on the part of Twitter I am, you're probably seeing this book a lot. It's everyone's uh, like watching out for this. You know, if you just read You're Not Supposed to Die Tonight and all of these other books like in in kind of the canon of YA horror fantasy suspense, uh, this is on your radar or it should be. So this is by Jameson Shea out at the end of August on the 29th, there will be blood. It's Ace of Spades meets House of Hollow in this villain origin story. Laura Mesny is a perfectionist with an axe to grind. Despite being constantly overlooked in the elite and cutthroat world of the Parisian ballet, she will do anything to prove that a Black girl can take center stage. To level the playing field, Laura ventures deep into the depths of the catacombs and strikes a deal with a pulsating river of blood. The primordial power Laura gains promises influence and adoration, everything she's dreamed of and worked toward. With retribution on her mind, she surpasses her bitter and privileged peers, leaving broken bodies behind her on her climb to stardom. But even as undeniable as she is, Laura is not the only monster around, and her vicious desires make her a perfect target for slaughter. As she descends into madness and the mystifying underworld beneath her, she is faced with the ultimate choice, continue to break herself for scraps of validation or succumb to the darkness that wants her exactly as she is, monstrous heart and all. That is, if the god killer doesn't catch her first. From debut author Jameson Shea comes I Feed Her to the Beast and the Beast is Me, a slow burn horror that lifts a veil of the institutions that profit on exclusion and the toll of giving everything to a world that will never love you back. So again, that is I Feed Her to the Beast and the Beast is Me by Jameson Shea, debut novel, out August 29th. Creepy. I'm glad it's at the end of August because I feel like that'll be my fall adjacent horror transition. (laughs) Not that I'm not reading horror now, but I'm reading like lighter horror, if that even makes sense. More thriller horror than like this kind of supernatural fantasy body horror kind of thing. 
It does. And I like the comparison in the description to House of Hollow as well. That book, if you recall, had creepy like florals. I don't, that like gothic things are like devouring you style. So this feels very much similar to that. My next book does not match that vibe at all, but that's okay. It is a book that took me a little bit down a rabbit hole. I will, if you are interested, look on Reddit uh, is all I'll say. But this comes out on August 8th. Noelle Crooks is a debut author and she used to work for the Hollis Company. I'll just leave that there. And so this book is sort of an updated take on The Devil Wears Prada meets The Assistance. Under the Influence by Noelle Crooks, again, comes out August 8th. This follows Harper Cruz. She is broke and lonely in New York City, trying to make her dreams come true in the publishing world. So a tale as old as time. And living paycheck to paycheck, Harper is really desperate to make a change. She applies for a job that's posted by an influencer where the job posting lists a salary that is like triple her last paycheck. So she immediately sends in her resume and applies. The influencer is Charlotte Green, a self-help guru with a strong following of women all across the country. Charlotte offers the job to Harper almost immediately, and Harper jumps at the opportunity, but it does require a move to Nashville to join the group dubbed as The Greenhouse. As Harper soon learns, not everything is as glittery and glamorous as it appears on social media. So this is Under the Influence by Noelle Crooks out on August 8th from a debut author. Oh, I forgot this book was coming out. We have long deserved an update to The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. And I I love this logline. Impulsively readable debut following a young woman who takes a job working for an enigmatic influencer and quickly discovers there's an ugly side to being a hashtag girl boss. Yeah, that whole girl boss thing that was really big in the mid 2000s. Uh-huh. Lots of girl bossing and millennial pink. So this is certainly an updated take on that sort of pipeline. <laughs> and I think even if you dig into the rabbit hole a little bit, you'll see the transformation and evolution of this book and its publishing journey. The original cover was millennial pink with gold. The cover now, I actually prefer, it feels a lot more updated. It is green with a light pink, lowercase font. There's a sort of hand tattoo looking black nail polish and a little bit of a middle finger. So I think the cover looks very much 2023. So I'm excited to see more about this book and hear more about Noel. So that was under the influence. My next pick is The Heaven and Earth Grocery Store by James McBride. This one is out August 8th. In 1972, when workers in Pottstown, Pennsylvania were digging the foundations for a new development, the last thing they expected to find was a skeleton at the bottom of a well. Who the skeleton was and how it got there were two of the long-held secrets kept by the residents of Chicken Hill, the dilapidated neighborhood where immigrant Jews and African-Americans lived side by side and shared ambitions and sorrows. 
Chicken Hill was where Moisha and Chana Ludlow lived while Moisha integrated his theater and where Chana ran the Heaven and Earth grocery store. When the state came looking for a deaf boy to institutionalize him, it was Chana and Nate Timblin, the Black janitor at Moisha's theater and the unofficial leader of the Black community on Chicken Hill, who worked together to keep the boy safe. As these characters' stories overlap and deepen, it becomes clear how much the people who live on the margins of white, Christian America struggle and what they must do to survive. When the truth is finally revealed about what happened on Chicken Hill and the part the town's white establishment played in it, McBride shows us that even in dark times, it's the love and community, heaven and earth, that sustain us, bringing his masterly storytelling skills and his deep faith in humanity to the Heaven and Earth grocery store, James McBride has written a novel as compassionate as Deacon King Kong and as inventive as the good Lord Bird. So that is The Heaven and Earth Grocery Store by James McBride, out August 8th. Speaking of literary heavy hitters, my next pick is Tom Lake by Anne Patchett. This is out on August 1st. If you are unfamiliar with Anne Patchett's work, she wrote The Dutch House, Commonwealth, Bel Canto. She owns one of the coolest bookstores in Nashville called Parnassus Books. So definitely go down the Anne Patchett rabbit hole like I have. But her latest book, Tom Lake, is set in the spring of 2020. Three adult daughters return home to northern Michigan to see their mom, Laura. On the family orchard, Laura's daughters beg to hear the story of Peter Duke. Peter is a famous actor that Laura shared a stage and a romance with many years ago at a theater company called Tom Lake. As the daughters learn their mother's story, it makes them examine their own lives, relationships, and how they think of their mother. So from the book description, because it says it better than I could, Tom Lake is the meditation on youthful love, married love, and the lives parents have led before their children were born. So as someone very early on, hopefully in their tenure as a parent, I do think it is interesting how we shift from seeing our parents as parents to seeing them as people, to acknowledging that they had lives and things prior to having children, and that there are certain differences between, as the book says, love when you're young, uh, love when you're married, and so on. So I love the dynamic of mothers and daughters. I love sharing the stories of the past. The cover of this book also is just stunning. So Tom Lake by Ann Patchett is out on August 1st. I love that kind of discovery into parental lore. What is your parents' backstory and what happens when we start to see our parents as, as more than mom and dad, but as people. So my next pick is a debut novel going into a duology here. It's called The Tainted Blood Duology. Emma, I think this one might be a, a bit of a wreck for both of us. This is Forged by Blood by Egbor Aksum. It's the first book in an action-packed, poignant duology inspired by Nigerian mythology. So it's full of magic and emotion, and it's highly atmospheric. Let's just dive into it. This one is coming out August 8th. In the midst of a tyrannical regime and political invasion, Demi just wants to survive, to avoid the suspicion of the non-magical Ajays, who occupy her ancestral homeland of Ife, to escape the king's brutal genocide of her people, the darker-skinned, magic-wielding, 
Oluso, and to live peacefully with her secretive mother while learning to control the terrifying blood magic that is her birthright. But when Damie's misplaced trust costs her her mother's life, survival gives way to vengeance. She bides her time until the devious Lord Equince grants her the perfect opportunity, kidnap the Ajay Prince, Jonas, and bargain with his life to save the remaining Oluso. With the help of her reckless childhood friend Colin, Demi succeeds but discovers that she and Jonas share more than deadly secrets. Every moment tangles them further into a forbidden, unmistakable attraction, much to Colin and Demi's distress. The kidnapping is now a joint mission to return to the king, help get Lord Equense on the council, and bolster the voice of Oluso in a system designed to silence them. But the way is dangerous, Demi's magic is growing yet uncertain, and it's not clear if she can trust the two men at her side. A tale of rebellion and redemption, race and class, love and trust and betrayal. Forged by Blood is an epic fantasy at its finest from an enthusiastic emerging voice. So that is Forged by Blood by Egbor Aksun out August 8th. I love this style of cover as well. That's sort of got all of the like watercolor, like style, and then just gorgeous fonts and color. I don't know. I just love it. And I feel like this like painted style for young adult fantasy covers or fantasy covers actually for that matter has really picked up steam. I'm I'm with you. It's really cool to be in the book world today mm-hmm. because we get to see the trends as they start changing and to see what fantasy is doing right now is really nifty because my brain still holds fantasy covers in like the place that they were I'll say in the 90s because that's when I was thinking of them but they were that way from like the 70s into the 90s so we're finally seeing I don't know just a little more creative thought to some of these covers and just a really beautiful design that we can tell I think because we look at so many books that this is fantasy but I think it blends it like would blend well with any book on your shelf it would look great on your shelf a little romanticy read wreck um I'm guessing that this would count as romanticy if we're uh if we're talking unmistakable attraction and forbidden love and deadly secrets oh for sure <laughs> speaking of deadly secrets My next pick is one of the most anticipated books that I've had on my eye, had my eye on. Wow. Coffee is great. And talking is good for 2023. And that is the brothers Hawthorne by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. This comes out on August 29th. So we do have a little bit of a wait into the month of August. Do I really need a reason for having this on my list other than Grayson and Jameson? I don't think so, but in case you were wondering, I am team Jameson, let the record state so we can refer back to it, team Jameson all the way. So I'm always happy to return to the world where the Hawthorne brothers exist. And we get to do that again on August 29th. We get to see what our favorites are up to in a world where they've lost their grandfather's fortune and Avery has finished the inheritance games. So we're throwing ourselves right back into the world of the Inheritance Games trilogy, but this time our focus is on two of the Hawthorne brothers. Each brother, Grayson and Jameson, are sort of sucked into wild games that these books are certainly known for on opposite sides of the world. 
and we get some insight into what everyone else is doing. So I cannot wait to dive back in to this YA read. Oh, it's just going to be so good. And I would be remiss not to say the cover of this matches the style of the inheritance games covers. So no need to worry that it's going to look off on your shelf. It very much keeps in line with that cover style. I'm so excited for this book. I honestly can't wait to see what is going on with Grayson and Jameson. Jameson in particular, but we'll see what Grayson's doing. (laughs) I I see these. I recognize them. And I've heard you talk about them. But I'm realizing I don't know anything about what I like them. Yes. Okay. You would. Yeah. (laughs) Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh, yeah. That's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app. I, I need a break. You know, we've been talking about it for like months now that I've been in a specific vibe of reading. I need a break from that vibe. <laughs> so yeah. if this is the change, maybe I'll jump into the inheritance games. They're really quick YA thriller mystery reads. Ooh, okay. There's a little bit of a love triangle going on. There's a lot of really cool puzzle piecing together of the story because all of the books are sort of set up like games where they have to follow these clues to, you know, get your fortune or what have you. So yeah, absolutely recommend. Okay. That sounds really fun. (laughs) And in the vein of what I've been reading, but a break from it, it's, it's definitely different enough. Yeah. And diving into that. (laughs) If anyone did not listen to my conversation with Jennifer last year. That was a delight to get to talk to her about the final book in the Inheritance Games trilogy that came out last year, The Final Gambit. So if you're interested, you can scroll back into the archives. It was August last year. Okay, so I'm going to read the comparison on this one, and I don't think it'll be any question while I picked this. This is Sailor Moon meets Cinder in Guardians of the Dawn, Zara, the start of a new richly imagined fantasy series from S.J. Jones, the New York Times bestselling author of Winter Song. So this is Zara by S.J. Jones out August 1st. Magic flickers, love flames, chaos reigns. Magic is forbidden throughout the morning realms. Magicians are called an abomination and blamed for the plague of monsters that raised the land 20 years before. Jinzara already had enough to worry about, appeasing her stepmother's cruel whims, looking after her blind younger sister, and keeping her own magical gifts under control. 
without having to deal with the rumors of monsters reemerging in the marsh. But when a chance encounter with an easily flustered young man named Han brings her into contact with a secret magical liberation organization called the Guardians of Dawn, Zara realizes there may be more to these rumors than she thought. A mysterious plague is corrupting the magicians of Zen Hei and transforming them into monsters, and the Guardians of Dawn believe a demon is responsible. In order to restore harmony and bring peace to the world, Zara must discover the elemental warrior within, lest the balance between order and chaos is lost forever. I mean, you put Sailor Moon in a in a description and I'm already there. So I'm very much looking forward to Zara by S.J. Jones out August 1st. Sailor Moon, yes. And again, this very beautiful painted cover style. Right, a very beautiful painterly cover. It's similar to my last pick and... It's also cool because like you said it with the last one that it reads a little YA, but that one was not YA, this one is. And so I love that we're also starting to merge together that there's not like these massive differences between designs that we're all kind of getting, I don't know, like similar vibes. Yeah, and that there's certainly crossover potential. Mm -hmm. You like what you like and it's not necessarily marketed so distinctly for teens versus adults. Exactly. My next pick is also a YA pick. So sort of to continue that train a little bit. And also this August, apparently we are just throwing it back to last August as well. So my next book is Foxglove by Adeline Grace. This comes out on August 22nd. So this was a sequel to last year's Belladonna. We know that there's a third book coming out in the series called Wisteria. So this has just blown up Belladonna, Foxglove. Everybody is absolutely about it. There are fairy loot editions and Barnes and Noble exclusive editions and all kinds of things. So this is certainly a book to watch. Foxglove picks up right where Belladonna left off. So spoilers ahead. If you have not listened or read Belladonna, skip it because I'm going to spoil a little bit of what happened right when we left these characters in Belladonna. So if you skip, okay. A duke is murdered and the Lord of Thorngrove is framed for it. And fate, death's brother, is lurking around at a palace nearby. So we've got battling brothers here and Signa is caught in their messy, messy game. Fate wants revenge on death, so he'll have Signa no matter the cost. While all of that is going on, we have these epic battles between fate and death. Signa and her cousin Blythe are convinced that fate is the key to setting things right for Elijah, the Lord of Thorngrove, to make sure that he's not wrongly jailed for a duke's murder. But Signa's powers also keep growing. Fate has dark secrets from his past. We also have high society to navigate. We've got a murder to solve. We have mysteries abound in Thorngrove, magical powers, again, fate, death, and all destinies are hanging in the balance. I feel like that's really all you need. So we have Foxglove by Adeline Grace. You can return to the creepy and wonderful world of Thorngrove on August 22nd. It's going to be really good. And if you would like to hear a little bit about the inspiration for this world and all of the things as they stood last year, when I believe Adeline Grace was working on Foxglove, go ahead and check out my interview with her from last August. Again, these are folks that we would love to have back year after year, but certainly want to offer you some variety in your interviews. (laughs) 
I also would love to just talk about variation covers, you know, the world of Waterstones and Fairy Lutes and Barnes and Noble exclusives. I could talk to you about that forever because you have all of them. I don't, but I find it fascinating just the idea of like exclusive content in some, just different covers for others. Like what makes you want the one that you bought? What makes you wish you bought the other one? Well, and this book in this series in particular, I think is a really interesting case study in this because it has two covers in the U.S. There's the Barnes and Noble exclusive, which has a different color variation on both the actual cover image and then also the like printed hard case underneath your dust jacket. And then the U.K. covers of this book are absolutely completely different in style. So in the U.S. versions, it's a woman's face sort of covered in plants and botanicals looking a little bit like seductive and saucy. And then in the U.K. covers, they're completely different in scope and both of the images on them are animals. So they're a little bit more whimsical, a little bit more sort of that like earthy, like belladonna, like I don't know what the uh, like apothecary kind of style. So. Yeah, that's just been an absolutely fascinating look at the way in which you market the books to different different markets and different readers. Having read them, which one would would you say that they're both like accurate of the content of the books? I think so. And that's just where it's really interesting to I wish it could be a fly on the wall of those conversations of how they got from point A to point B with those cover styles. My next pick is Just Another Missing Person by Jillian McAllister. This one is out August 1st, so you don't have to wait too long. The author was a Reese Book Club pick and, of course, New York Times bestselling author of Wrong Place, Wrong Time. This is a new heart-stopping thriller in which a missing person case unravels deeper, darker secrets that hit too close to home and can only lead to more danger for the detective and an impossible moral choice. There's a man out there. His weapon isn't a gun or a knife. It's a secret. Olivia, 22 years old, no history of running away, last seen on CCTV entering a dead-end alley and not coming back out again, missing for one day and counting. Julia, the detective heading up the case. She knows what to expect, a desperate family, a ticking clock, and long hours away from her daughter. But Julia has no idea how close to home this case is going to get, because her family's safety depends on one thing— Julia must not find out what happened to Olivia and must frame somebody else for her murder. What would you do? So that is Just Another Missing Person by Jillian McAllister, out August 1st. I love that tagline of his weapon isn't a gun or a knife, it's a secret. Her worst one, that's what it says on the cover. So moral dilemma mixed into your thriller? Why not? And I'm sorry, we just love a mystery in the summertime. So I can't apologize for who we are. <laughs> I mean, and speaking of my next pick is certainly in our vein, same vein. It is Looking Glass Sound by Catrion Award. This comes out on August 8th. And this cover got me the U.S. cover. I will say I do prefer the U.S. cover to the U.K., which isn't my normal choice. And y'all know I don't normally choose horror like straight up horror, but perhaps reading uh, the newest Riley Sager also set in Maine sort of helped pave the way. 
So Kelly Link says of this book, if you love the novels of Shirley Jackson, Patricia Highsmith, and Tana French, here's your next obsession. So check, check, and check. Wilder Harlow, what a name, sits down in a cottage overlooking the main coast to write his last book ever. He writes about his teen years at Whistler Bay and the impact of a serial killer on that tiny vacation town. As we often find in these kinds of stories, Wilder is keeping a secret from that summer with his two friends, Nathaniel and Harper, and what they discovered in the coves off the bay. The more he writes his story, the more out of touch with reality he becomes. Wilder starts seeing things, hearing things, not remembering what pages he's just written. Things keep appearing and disappearing. Wilder can't trust his eyes or his memory. Will this be the last book he writes and the last thing he ever does? Find out in Looking Glass Sound by Catriona Ward. Again, this is out on August 8th. Sorry, I was just uh, placing a hold on that. This was going to be on my list. It was going to be number one, but I saw it on yours and I went, yeah, that is fine with me. The cover is stunning. I love it. It definitely harkens to the style that Riley was going with, with um, The Only One Left. And it's very that Stephen King 80s book cover. I, oh, it sounds so good. I cannot wait. My next pick also got me by the cover. It is stunning. I love the colors. I love the lightning. I love the dress. This is Vampires of El Norte by Isabel Canas. This is out August 15th. Vampires and vaqueros face off on the Texas-Mexico border in the supernatural western from the author of The Hacienda. I'm going to apologize for any pronunciation now. My high school uh, foreign language choice was French, so uh, apologies if it comes out sounding a little French. (laughs) As the daughter of a rancher in 1840s Mexico, Nena knows a thing or two about monsters. Her home has long been threatened by tensions with Anglo settlers from the north, but something more sinister lurks near the ranch at night, something that drains men of their blood and leaves them for dead. Something that once attacked Nena nine years ago, Believing her dead, Nestor has been on the run from his grief ever since, moving from ranch to ranch, working as a vaquero. But no amount of drink can dispel the night terrors of sharp teeth. No woman can erase his childhood sweetheart from his mind. When the United States invades Mexico in 1846, the two are brought abruptly together on the road to war. Nina is a curandera, a healer striving to prove her worth to her father so that he does not marry her off to a stranger, and Nestor as a member of the auxiliary cavalry of ranchers and vaqueros. But the shock of their reunion and Nina's rage at Nestor for seemingly abandoning her long ago is quickly overshadowed by the appearance of a nightmare made flesh. And unless Nina and Nestor work together through their past and face the future, neither will survive to see the dawn. So that is Vampires of El Norte by Isabel Canas out August 15th. My last pick of the day is a complete deviation from all of the other picks this month. So ending it on a little bit of a different note, and that is Never Enough by Jennifer Brainy Wallace. This is an adult nonfiction pick that comes out on August 22nd. And I cannot describe the book better than the description, and I don't want to mince my own words. So I'm going to read it to you here. This is the definitive book on the rise of toxic achievement culture overtaking our kids' and parents' lives and a new framework for fighting back. 
In the ever more competitive race to secure the best possible future, today's students face unprecedented pressure to succeed. They jam-pack their schedules with AP classes, fill every waking hour with resume padding activities, and even sabotage relationships with friends to get ahead. Family incomes and schedules are stretched to the breaking point by tutoring fees and athletic schedules. Yet this drive to optimize performance has only resulted in skyrocketing rates of anxiety, depression, and even self-harm in America's highest achieving schools. Parents, educators, and community leaders are facing the same quandary. How can we teach our kids to strive towards excellence without crushing them? In Never Enough, award-winning reporter Jennifer Brainy Wallace investigates the deep roots of toxic achievement culture and finds out what we must do to fight back. Drawing on interviews with families, educators, and an original survey of nearly 6,000 parents, she exposes how the pressure to perform is not a matter of parental choice, but baked into our larger society and spurred by increasing income inequality and dwindling opportunities. As a result, children are increasingly absorbing the message that they have no value outside of their accomplishments, a message that is reinforced by the media and greater culture at large. Through deep research and interviews with today's leading child psychologists, Wallace shows what kids need from the adults in the room is not more pressure, but to feel like they matter and have intrinsic self-worth not contingent upon external achievements. Parents and educators who adopt the language and values of mattering help children see themselves as a valuable contributor to a larger community. And in an ironic twist, kids who receive consistent feedback that they matter no matter what are more likely to have the resilience, self-confidence, and psychological security to thrive. Packed with memorable stories and offering a powerful toolkit for positive change, Never Enough offers an urgent, humane view of the crisis plaguing today's teens and a practical framework for how to help. So a little bit heavy, very serious stuff, but I really like that there are practical and positive things sort of provided in here and how we can sort of start working to shift away from that toxic achievement culture that some of us may feel as millennials or younger and that are also sort of important. I mean, for me as a new, I say new, my son's going to be four, a new parent where there are certain things that I absolutely want to make sure he knows and he feels valued and important and that he matters. And I don't want to be a source of pressure and stress for him. So this book definitely caught my eye from both sort of the parent and child perspective. And I occasionally will branch out and read some nonfiction. So that is Never Enough by Jennifer Brahini Wallace out August 22nd. Emma, that sounds amazing. I That brought up so many things for me. And I feel like I will be buying copies to give to my friends because I feel like you and I, our generation is kind of what, or around the time that this really seemed to kick off. I don't know about you, but I, I feel like by the time I got to where there were AP classes, if you could take them, there was no no acceptable answer other than you were taking them. And if you said that like, oh, I'm not gonna take that one, I don't need it, I wanna do this, I wanna do that, in in the future, you were a disappointment. And I don't even mean in the home, I mean in the school. Like that's, that's what it felt like in school that um, I, I remember my senior year, I didn't have to take math 
and all of my friends were going into AP calculus. And I said, I'm taking zero math. I won't, I don't need to. I don't, I'm, I've got all my credits. I'm not taking a math class. And they're like, you don't even want to take like a basic one. And the, the scrutiny and the comments from counselors and the calls into the office just to say like, well, you might not get your honors diploma if you don't blah, blah, blah. And surprise, surprise, I, I sure did because, oh, I was taking AP math in middle school. Yeah. And I think we put so much pressure on ourselves. We feel that pressure from society, from our parents and all of these things that at least for me thus far as an adult felt so crucially important as a teenager have proved to be so irrelevant. So irrelevant. Or I think of all the times that they said, well, you can never be late to a class in college because they'll lock the door and you won't be able to get in. And that was the threat. Like if you were in elementary school, that's what middle school is going to be like and high school and college. And the only time I've ever walked up to a classroom door that was locked was because the teacher wasn't there yet. Exactly. And so I think it's important that we do take a step back and take a look at how we as individuals and then as parents are sort of modeling that or not for our kids or for other people. I think it's so hard to be child or a teen right now. I can't imagine being a teen with social media. We were like sort of just before and didn't have to deal with that constant scrolling and comparison game that I think is to the like nth degree now. So definitely something people can be conscientious of, even if you're not a parent, certainly. Well, my last title is Holly Horror by Michelle Javez Corpora. This one is out August 15th. This is a beloved classic reimagined with a dark twist. After her parents' painful divorce, Evie Archer hopes that moving into Ravenglass, Massachusetts is the fresh start that her family needs. But Evie quickly realizes that her new home, known by locals as the Horror House, carries its own dark past after learning about Holly Hobby, who mysteriously vanished in her bedroom one night. But traces of Holly linger in the horror house and slowly begin to take over Evie's life. A strange shadow follows her everywhere she goes, and Evie starts to lose sight of what's real and what isn't the more she learns about the lost girl. Can Evie find out what happened the night of Holly's disappearance, or is history doomed to repeat itself in the horror house? So that is Holly Horror by Michelle Javis Kapora. Uh, it's listed as number one, so curious to see if that's going to be out August 15th. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast and listening to our uh, August book picks. Let us know what you're most looking forward to in the month of August or what's on your TBR right now. If you want to comment on our most recent Instagram post, we are on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. And of course, you can send an email to professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com if you want to chat with us as well. Thanks so much for listening and happy reading. Happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on overdrive.com or in Libby. Our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer and Joe Skelly and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. 
You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.